College Football with Moose, Goose, and Pie. Welcome to episode two of College Football with Moose, Goose, and Pie 2019 football season. I got the pie in person with me again today, and we got the moose on the hotline. Today we're going to probably have an abbreviated episode because there wasn't a whole lot of football last week, but we wanted to sit down real quick and talk about the week zero games. Week zero. And then give a quick preview of some upcoming matchups and get some picks in. So let's just get right into it, and I assume that both of you watched the Miami Florida game this past weekend since it was probably the only game on it and it was two decent football teams so I just I'm anxious to hear your or eager to hear your impressions on what you thought specifically about Florida since they were the team that won and uh, they were the team that came into the game with a top 10 preseason ranking and uh, get your thoughts on whether they lived up to the expectations that you had for them or uh, if you think this might be another year where the Gators are a little bit on the disappointing side. So I'm going to kick it off with the pie. Uh, Florida, I don't know if it was Miami's defense or Florida couldn't execute, but, I mean, I don't think it was as – I think that they kept it closer than it should have been, uh, which is fine for me because I picked Miami to cover the, the spread, so – I was okay with that. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I kind of fell asleep halfway through the middle of the game. So uh, I woke up for the last quarter of play. Moose? Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought that uh, I thought that Florida was actually going to have been as close as it was on the scoreboard. Florida shot themselves in the foot like so many times. I mean, at one point in time, you know, they, they easily should have been up anywhere from 17-3 to 3 to 21-3. to 3. They were driving. I uh, had the ball inside the 10-yard line. And for whatever reason, Felipe Franks just tried to rip the ball out of his own running back's hands uh, because of miscommunication of Miami fell on the ball. Uh, Florida was driving again. And uh, uh, another turnover. But, again, I, I felt those were more Florida-based errors uh, than Miami. So, yeah. Uh, Miami's offensive line is horrendous. Uh, holy cow. I don't know if Florida's defensive line is that good or if, you know, uh, Miami's offensive line really is as bad as, you know, as it seemed. But uh, um, Miami put up a hell of a fight just to stay into it. But I think that Florida really shot themselves in the foot, you know, a lot of it on, on some, you know, mental errors. But if you can get through a rivalry game, um, you know, especially this early in the season, and you could put a W up, you take it, and you run with it. And, uh, you know, if Florida gets rid of some of those mental uh, mental miscues, uh, it's very clearly going to be them or Georgia coming out of the SEC East. You know, I thought there was a couple interesting things in this game. The first one was that I thought Miami's best drive of the game was the very first drive they had. Mm-hmm. Oh, easily it was. And, and I don't, you know, uh, the, the major adjustment that, you can assume Florida made is uh, starting the game. The the Gators were kind of playing off on the wide receivers and allowing some of those short throws. And you'd have to think there was an adjustment to uh, 
take some of those throws away, and maybe that's why Miami started to struggle, which is just a good defensive adjustment. But uh, the, the the play calling and the selection of plays that Miami, Miami ran called with new offensive cor- coordinator Dan Enos was just atrocious. Uh, quarterback Jaron Williams sacked something like 11 times, like Moose said. I uh, know that the the Hurricanes are starting a true freshman at left tackle and a redshirt freshman at right tackle. Yeah, that left tackle is getting blown up. So, you know, they say offensive line is probably the hardest position on the field other than maybe quarterback to get on the field as a as a young guy. So that, that tells you one about the, the, the talent level and the experience level that they had on that unit this fall if they were starting a true freshman at left tackle. And, and like Moose, or, uh, the pie said, you could tell he was a true freshman because he was getting abused out there. Oh, yeah. And a lot of that's Florida does have a very good defensive line and their defense is very good. But uh, you, you have to think if you're a Miami Hurricanes fan that the, the offense isn't going to be, you know, uh, Manny Diaz hiring Dan Enos doesn't look like that was the the fix that 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 offense needed to get it in gear after the offense has kind of struggled the last few years. Um, and, and on the flip side, you know there was a lot of expectations for Felipe Franks coming into this game for Florida at quarterback. He was, you know, he lost his starting job last year towards the middle of the season and. He won it back and played spectacularly down the stretch in Florida's last three or four games. I think a lot of people thought you'd see that carry over into the new season. And uh, he, he made some spectacular throws. Uh, his deep pass to, I think it was, uh, what was the guy's name? The deep pass to Josh Hammond, the 65-yarder, the uh, right after Miami took the lead was just a spectacular throw. Uh, but you have to question his demeanor. Every time he made a play, you saw him jawing at the cameras and jawing at Miami fans and then going out and throwing just a god-awful interception on the next possession. So I think Florida still has some questions at, at quarterback. I I agree with Moose that, you know, there's realistically probably only two teams that have a shot at coming out of the SEC East, and I thought Florida was one of them. But, you know, without seeing Georgia play, I'd say there's there's no doubt in my mind Georgia's going to be a heavy favorite when they play again this year based on what I saw this past weekend. Um, and I do want to touch on real quick the just sheer stupidity of Florida's pass defense on that last drive of the game. <laughs> I, I think we would be doing a disservice to the podcast if we didn't at least mention it. And and Moose, did you see that last drive of the game? Or were you off in dreamland or feeding a screaming, crying, shitting baby? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Mess was over here that evening. so um, But he brought his own Taco Bell, so we're good. Um, no, I did, I did see that. Uh, the refs are obviously in midseason form. Uh, there was just some atrocious up and down the board officiating in this game. But... Uh, but, I mean, Florida just um, – I mean, I don't know if they intended on the strategy be run over every open receiver that Miami was trying to throw the ball to. Um, 
but if they were going for that, it worked. However, it didn't really work in terms of penalty yards because, I mean, it really put Miami in a position to, to have a chance of winning the game and when they really shouldn't have been just because of stupid, stupid mental mistakes. Um, you know, so pretty pretty hideous. But that's what you expect from week zero. Um, how, do you, how do you get called for a pass interference call on fourth and 34? I... I don't know, man. How, yeah, how do yeah. You, how do you not that, have that a three-man rush and eight guys standing thirty yards downfield, just saying, "Hey, try and throw the ball in here and see what happens." Right. I mean, it must be one of those scripted plays where they're like, "Hey, if we ever find ourselves in this situation again, let's just see what happens if we commit pass interference." <laughs> yeah, like that's. Let's make it interesting for the television ratings. <laughs> right. And, right. Make sure that we have everybody talking about our game because that was just terrible. Yeah. And then the other game in week zero, we'll we'll chat briefly on, even though it was really an irrelevant game in the national picture. But it was a good one. But it was a good game, and it was the only other damn game on television. Because of my nap, I actually stayed up for that one. So we had Arizona going to Hawaii for the other week zero game. Moose... Did you, were you no, seeing no. double by the time that game started? <laughs> we're just, we're going to go ahead and cut that one off at the pass. Yeah, no. <laughs> the infant took over and I went to bed, so. So, uh, Hawaii did pull off the 45-38 win over Arizona. You'd have to think that Kevin Sumlin is very quickly getting on the hot seat for the Wildcats, even in just his second year. Um Spectacular finish. Mm-hmm. Khalil Tate coming up about one yard short. I did see that. Uh, I did see that final play on the the Twitter box, and uh, I mean, my God, that that poor kid. But he is just absolutely electric. He has not lost a step. In case anyone was curious, no. So it's it's just a shame they should get him in a legitimate time zone, like you know the Eastern time zone, when people are actually awake, so they can watch him and see how good he is. Well, what's fascinating is I, I did see some other articles on the Twitterverse today, actually, that it is heavily expected that next year the Pac-12 is, is going to sprinkle in some 9 a.m. local time kickoffs to put games in the 12 noon time slot on Fox to try and put a marquee game in when all the other conferences are showing their garbage games at noon to try and get some more publicity for the Pac-12 since nobody stays up till 1 o'clock in the morning just to watch Arizona. So, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've seen that as well, Like, and I think that that's an excellent plan. Um, you know, I mean, it's because it, really the only other option is just move to where the people are, which is out here, out east. And, you know, then that way that you guys can be relevant. But until then, <laughs> you know, you have to. East. Yeah, just move it east. Right. Just put put Colorado in the foothills of, like, Kentucky. Right. I mean, put Stanford in West Virginia. Nobody's really going to know the difference. And and I think that's where Andrew Luck's from anyway, right? So... Andrew Luck's from Texas. But, uh, that so, looks I mean... like he should be from West Virginia. Oh, yeah. No, exactly. He looks like Pi's third illegitimate, illegitimate cousin. So, Very you know, because. So you well yeah I mean you were a Western you got the you got the hillbilly blood pie <laughs> so but 
I mean, yeah, it's, but it's it's a smart move. I mean, realistically, I think it's a smart move. I wonder about the quality of the game, though, because you know these kids aren't going to be used to playing you know a game at nine a.m. And I think they're you know they're probably going to be pretty pissed off. And I think the fans of those programs that actually live out there would be pretty pissed off. But you know, if you want publicity, if you want people to talk about you, and you want relevancy on the national picture, like just the long and the short of it is, is you have to you have to get eyeballs on it and nobody stays up for games that start at 10 o'clock at night you know 11 o'clock at night the goose in the pie dude i was gonna say i wouldn't say nobody well, but yeah just just for the record but, right well you two are also degenerates who have a college football podcast i mean that, you know in terms of the average viewer they're not there True. yeah the the two games i did see rumored for that one for the the first a the first 9 a.m local kickoff uh, next season for the Pac-12 was actually Michigan playing at Washington in Week One next year, okay. or potentially Ohio State playing at Oregon in Week Two. See, I vote for that one. <laughs> Make those fucking dildos in Columbus do something out of their comfort zone. <laughs> well, I don't think that'd be out of their comfort zone, though. I mean, I mean nine a.m. locals, twelve noon Eastern time. So yeah, that's that is true. In, that's that's their regular schedule. They're not that is true. anything. If anything, that that may that give the visiting team an advantage. Yeah, especially at Autzen. So when the fans aren't even awake yet. Right. So the the one thing that uh, I did see about that though is I, I believe I saw that about half the teams in the conference are in favor of the idea and half the teams aren't. And that mm. from what I believe I read that is a team's discretion to say they're either in favor of that or they're not i did see that chris peterson in washington the head coach already came out and said he's not in favor of that so uh even though the michigan washington game is rumored i would think that probably will not be one of them if washington's mm-hmm. head coach is is telling the athletic director yeah that's a no for me that could make for an interesting morning i'm thinking about going to that game i've got a buddy that lives out that way and I'm definitely going to that game. Well, there we so go. We can that, talk about that. that that's later. a thing. That's a thing. <laughs> I mean, that's what happening. do we do? Just stay up all night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what time do you start tailgating for that? 3 a.m.? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's 6 a.m. local, so it's about when we do that here. <laughs> true, yeah. true. Yeah, it's about the same so time. We, we're we, keeping the we same schedule. Say we would be in our comfort zone, too. <laughs> right, absolutely. All Just hooting and hollering at all the drug people. fucking crazy. Well, they wouldn't be far off. <laughs> Are we not going to touch on the fact that Tate Marcel Tar, uh, Tate Martell is a wide receiver now? By the way, oh yeah, that, that? <laughs> yeah, well, that that was funny. Well, he's so insignificant that uh, it's very easy to step over. Uh, I just but, thought that was funny. Yeah, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, like I, I did, kind of have to laugh and, and and you know give him a little bit of credit for saying, "All right, well, you got your ass beat by a freshman in terms of the quarterback race," and you said, "Well, how can I play?" And they they moved you to wide receiver. So yeah, and he actually played. He did. I didn't think he played very well, but he played. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I mean, you know, it's all about getting on the field. So yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's move into week one. And uh, not a whole lot of action as far as big marquee games out there going on this weekend. Um, I think obviously. The big game of the week is going to be Auburn and Oregon playing it. Is that a Jerry's World? It's yeah, it's a Jerry, Jerry World. It's in Arlington. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's the big week. Um, that might be the only matchup of two top twenty-five teams. Yeah, I think you're right. In open, I don't know. I don't know if Northwestern is ranked or not, but Northwestern Stanford is probably the next closest. Like, I guess Northwestern is not for. ranked. No, Stanford's okay, and Stanford twenty-five. Northwestern right. is unranked. Um, so, not really a marquee matchup for college football this weekend. We do have a couple of Sunday and Monday games. Sunday night, Houston's at Oklahoma. That could be a decent game potentially. And uh, Notre Dame is at Louisville on Monday night. I would expect with as bad as Louisville was last year that that probably won't be anything to write about. But with a new coach, you never know. Um, and and prior to last season, Louisville had actually been somewhat decent the last few years, uh, dating back to Lamar Jackson. Uh, so let's just get right into it. Um, I think we were all going to pick the game with Oregon and Auburn. So, we are. So let's just get right into that one, and we'll get into the picks and say who we're taking and who we're not, and then we'll, uh, if anyone has any other closing thoughts or things they're excited to see in any of the other games, we'll touch on those and then call it an episode. So Perfect. Pi, you wanted to go Oregon-Auburn. We're at Jerry World. Mm-hmm. Oregon is probably the realistically the road team right because auburn and arlington ain't that far apart Uh, that's a drive not a plane flight right so um the line on this one was auburn was given three and a half which way are you going with this one pie i'm taking the ducks and the points um for no real reason other than i i honestly think that justin herbert's a good quarterback and uh not saying that Auburn's bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I just feel like uh, Oregon's gonna gonna pull this one out. Moose. Yeah, I'm also. Uh, this was a game that I chose to pick as well, simply just because of the magnitude of it. Um, also, going with Oregon, taking the three and a half points, and running with it. Um, Justin Herbert uh, coming back. He would have been. Uh, he would have been the number one pick overall, uh, I believe. Well, maybe not. He would have been at least in the discussion of it, uh, along with Kyler, uh, in the NFL draft. Should he have chosen to uh, uh, to announce? But uh, his comeback. He's finally in uh, a con- you know a continuous offense because he's had so many people bouncing around on him with coaching changes. Um, Oregon returns all five of its starters on the offensive line, which negates some of Auburn's. Uh, Auburn has just a tremendous defensive line, but they're also going up against one of the most experienced and and weaponized offensive lines in Oregon's. Um, and then uh, true freshman uh, starting for Auburn at quarterback Bo Nix. Um, Auburn has just a solid team everywhere, uh, but just question mark at the quarterback. So uh, that's where I will uh, I'll take the Ducks. You know what scares me to say that I'm going along with the moose on this one, but I have to do it for very much the same reasons he said. Um, I really like Justin Herbert. I really don't like starting a true freshman quarterback in that atmosphere against an Oregon defense or Oregon defense that should be should be fairly decent. Um, so I'm taking the points. I'd, I'd have a lot more second thoughts on this one if it was two and a half instead of three and a half. But I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Oregon win the game. I also wouldn't be shocked to see Oregon lose by a field goal. Um, but 
I would be shocked to see Oregon lose by more than a field goal. So I'm going to take the points in this one, even though it means I'm I'm teaming up with the last place Moose in this one. I wondered if you had misspoke when you said I was worried about going with Moose. <laughs> so so he's he's trying to throw shade because I'm and <laughs> one and Owen won because Florida completely shot themselves in the foot 17 times. So. Have you not watched Florida football the last 10 years? Uh, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Don't you worry. You'll be saying pie again soon. <laughs> All right, pie. Let's just jump right into your second game. What do you got? Uh, what did I say? It was Wisconsin and uh, South Florida. Yep. Uh, I'm taking Wisconsin, given 13. I believe was the line. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I know that. Uh, Any particular reason, or just because you are riding the Heisman train with? Uh, no, it doesn't have anything to do with that, really. I just think that Wisconsin's a better team than South Florida, even with their red shirt or true freshman quarterback. Um, I mean, you know, South Florida plays a fairly weak schedule and normally but Wisconsin's actually a good team on their on their schedule so they're going to take that L and lose by 14. Oh, Jonathan Taylor's going to run all over South Florida. He's running so. with his Jonathan Taylor Thomas. All, <laughs> all the all the way to the Heisman. Which Does I have it, I have an interesting proposal for you Goose to bring up after we get done with the pickem about our about our betting. Yeah. So Okay, um, well, we'll keep that in mind and come back full circle to this. Oh, yeah. What's your last game? Mine? Yeah. Uh, I had, was thinking about Alabama-Duke just because of the fact that Alabama is actually playing a opponent with a pulse to start week one instead of, uh, you know, Titty Twister State Tech University. Man, the last few years, Alabama's played... Good teams in week No, they played like no. Last year they played Georgia Lu- Southern. Last year they played Louisville, and no one knew Louisville was dog shit yet because it was week one. Oh, I assumed the year, they were dog shit after Lamar Jackson and then left. So. The year before that, didn't they play USC? Oh no, they opened with Flo- uh, Florida State. Or yeah, Florida yeah, State. But the, the year you know, before Francois that, they, was trash. The, the year before <laughs> that, they opened with USC. No, Alabama did. Yes, I don't remember that. They routed them like fifty to three. That's too many beers ago. <laughs> That's too many years ago. And that was against Clay Helton, so what can we expect? Right. All right, so you're right. I guess I was wrong, but because I just – they played so many patsies after that that escaped me. But regardless, I went the other way. I went with uh, Boise State versus Florida State. Uh, I don't know. Apparently my my relationship with Florida State is over with after Francois left. Your brief flirtation <laughs> with – DeAndre Francois. Yeah, and so I'm taking Boise State, getting the three and a half points. Uh, It's very possible they could just win that game outright. Um, Taggart, I think, is in a rough spot in that program. Uh, I don't even know who his starting quarterback is going to be this year. I don't know if they're going with the kid that they started last year. No, they just announced it. It is Blackman. Okay, that was the kid that started last year as a true freshman, Yeah, and he didn't do anything. I I mean, I guess hope for them that they improved, but... I mean, he was competing against Alex Hornibrook, the transfer from Wisconsin, was the 
the competition at that position. <laughs> Gee, big shark of the he won that one. Well, I almost feel bad that Hornibrook lost that because why would he, he transfer just to play one more year? Then he's just going to ride the pine. Yeah. I mean, there's worse places in the world than Florida State to ride the pine. At. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. the, the only thing that concerns me about that pick is Florida State. Uh, Willie Taggart, after all the the heat he took on him, uh, was very controversial this offseason and hired, hired, hired Kendall Bryles from Banner as his new offensive coordinator. And Kendall Bryles is the son of Art Bryles, who was calling plays for that Baylor offense with RG3 that was scoring so many points that... Yeah, but they had RG3. He was actually a legitimate college quarterback. Yeah, but that was also kind of a system thing. Yeah, I guess. It was a combination system player. I mean, right system, right time, right player. I mean, yeah, but RG, RG3, before he blew up in the NFL, like just from injuries, was actually legitimate in the NFL as well. So, right. I mean, he translated. Games. <laughs> doesn't matter, man. He was still legitimate. Level, I'm, taking, I'm obviously taking RG3 over Justin Blackman or Hornybrook. So, yeah. I'm right. not too concerned about that. Well, that, that's my only caveat Understood. on that one. That, that would scare me away from that one. I'm not saying I don't think Boise's the better team. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, to me, that's an unknown that would scare me away from that one. Fair enough. Moose? Uh, yeah, second game I had Michigan uh, minus 34 is the line right now. I like that. I like five touchdown spread against Middle Tennessee State. Um, it's at home. It's at night. Uh, you got a new offense coming in for the Wolverines, um, you know, and uh, Middle Tennessee uh, Middle Tennessee State returns um, only eight uh, eight returning starters on the entire team, and that's not including the kicker. Uh, so they have to replace uh, uh, Middle Tennessee has to replace their. Uh, starting quarterback, they have to replace a bunch of their offensive line. Um, I think they have to replace at least three starters on the offensive line, and they have to replace their entire secondary, except for they do have a stud uh, stud safety, but they have to replace their entire secondary. And, you know, this is something where, you know, Michigan wants to get playmakers, you know, the ball in space, et cetera, and I think they want to come out and make a statement. Um you know, for the fans, I think it's, uh, you know, pretty easy pickings to, uh, for Michigan to go cover, uh, to go cover that amount. Five touchdowns is something that, uh, they're certainly capable of, especially with Michigan's trio of receivers. Um, let's start calling you Homer. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm going to jump in here because one of my picks also involves the middle Tennessee Michigan game. So, uh, I think it makes sense to just jump in at this point. It's a good segue here. Real quick before you jump in, now, uh, do either of you boys uh, know who Middle Tennessee's defensive coordinator is? Oh boy. is Scott Schaefer. No, it's Scott Schaefer. Scott Schaefer. <laughs> old Michigan, Scott Schaefer. The former Michigan coordinator under one Rich Rodriguez. Oh, God. Okay. For Wait one minute, year. I've for one year. All of my. I've changed my mind for everything. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hang 100 on that defense. <laughs> so so, so my, my pick in the Michigan-Middle Tennessee game is I'm actually going points for uh, totals on this one, and I'm picking the over 54. And here's the logic I'm going with. You know, Scott the, Schaefer. The, <laughs> I could go to Scott Schaefer, but that's not the logic I'm going with. The logic I'm going with is that 
Michigan's defense is going to be very talented, but they're replacing a lot of key players with a lot of guys who haven't played very much. So my expectation um, is that the combination of the fact that the Michigan offense is going to run significantly faster, generating more plays, and the defense may have a little bit of a an issue gelling as a unit maybe the first game or two before they start to really get into a rhythm, has me thinking that Middle Tennessee State's going to put up 17 points maybe. And if Middle Tennessee puts up 17, I there's no part of me that doesn't think Michigan's putting up a 40 burger. So 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 I think to me the one I would prefer to take if I was throwing down some cold hard cash, spoiler alert, I am <laughs> would would be on the over not the point spread. Um, I I don't hate taking Michigan in the points, but I do worry that even with a a new quarterback at Middle Tennessee and three new offensive linemen, I just I'm a little bit worried about the fact that with Michigan replacing the heart and soul of the defense with with Bush and Winovich and losing Levert or uh, David Long, who is a, a spectacular corner, um, I, ju- I just wonder how long it's going to take that defense to gel and think it might take them a week or two. Um, so, so that's my pick. I'm going over. Moose, we can get back to your third game of the week and and see what you got. And then... We'll chat about my last one. Yeah, Northwestern's traveling out to Stanford. They're getting six and a half points. Uh, so I'm taking the Wildcats. Um, I think that uh, I think that Stanford is a tremendously talented team. Uh, they've got a great quarterback in KJ Costello, um, but there's going to be uh, a few questions. Maybe not so much in terms of the receiving game. Uh, they do lose JJ Arcega Whiteside. They lose Bryce Love. They had a lot of trouble establishing the run last year. Uh, Northwestern is just a very fundamentally sound team. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald always has them ready to go. Um, it's not one of those like crazy night games, um, you know, where it's where it starts off at like 11 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and then uh, Northwestern also has uh, they're replacing Clayton Thornton, uh, Clayton Thorson, but they're replacing him with. Uh, his name is escaping me now. Uh, Hunter Johnson, I think it is. Yeah. Um, that Clemson, uh, the Clemson transfer, who is probably the most talented quarterback to ever step foot in Evanston. That's actually playing for Northwestern. Um, so uh, you know, so I just think that Northwestern will uh, will keep it uh, will keep it tight. They've got a good defense. They have a great defensive line, and uh, that Graziano kid. I think it's Graziano. He's he's an absolute nightmare for Northwestern, and I'm actually glad they're not on Michigan's schedule this year. Um, so uh, yeah, give me Northwestern, and I'll take the six and a half points. Any commentary on that one, Pi, or do you like what? The moose is cooking. No, actually, <laughs> I actually like his uh, his thought process, honestly. And uh, Northwestern has been kind of sneaky dangerous the last couple of years. Um, and I definitely think that uh, Fitzgerald has that program uh, trending in the right direction for, I mean, such a small, uh, smaller Big Ten school overall. I mean, they play in like a high school stadium. So. Yeah. The the only thing that scares me on that one is historically under Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern is just trash in the non-conference. They, I think last yeah, year, I think last year, year like, Northwestern went zero three in the non-conference, losing to like 
Ball State or Kent State or somebody like that. And the year before that, they lost to a pretty bad Duke team in the non-conference schedule before getting competitive in the Big Ten. Um, I don't hate the pick because Stanford's got a lot of holes they're replacing on their own. Um, Did Bryce Love make the NFL? Yes. He's with the Washington Redskins. Gotcha. So, um, but that's the only thing that would potentially scare me on that one. The the last game I'm picking is I am picking uh, Liberty, the Liberty Flames, and the head coach Hugh Freeze. Or what's his name? Is that the Jesus guy? Christ! The, the the former Ole Miss coach who got run out of town oh, the mighty for, for cheating like a motherfucker. Um, Both on the football field and traveling, off. Traveling to Syracuse to take on. Dino Babers and his Syracuse Orange. Is this just so you could say Dino Babers' name in the podcast? No. No. <laughs> not at all. That's, that's uh, a lie. The line on this one was Syracuse minus 17. I'm going to lay the points. Syracuse has given Clemson a run for their money the last two years. Really they beat them two years ago. Beat them two years ago and had a lead on them late in the fourth quarter this year before – Clemson scored a last-minute touchdown to put the game away. Mm-hmm. I know that they're replacing Eric Dungy at quarterback, which was a just an enormous part of the Syracuse offense. But kind of like I was saying with uh, RG3, uh, dating back to his time at Bowling Green, Dino Babers' offense has always just put up ridiculous numbers no matter who the quarterback is. It's just a very sound system that, that gets people open and moves the ball. So I don't envision them struggling to put points on the board they show any kind of defensive improvement i uh think that they have no trouble covering 17 and that's the one i'm going to go with as my as my third pick them game um i do have a couple of other games i'm not picking but that i'm just kind of keeping my eye on uh you know on saturday at noon the goose in the pie will be sitting down on the old university of michigan golf course cracking open a beverage and sitting down in front of the television to watch some South Alabama versus Nebraska. Oh, God. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing closing time. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Worst closing, nickname closing ever. Time. Just shut down out South Alabama. Yeah, closing time because they should shut up shop and fucking send him home. All right, so this two a.m. Son, this is a perfect. This is a perfect segue into actually what I was gonna propose hey, to you. Just say two a.m. No. one time. Uh, so say it, pie. The pizza bet for one of the bets, cool. That's fine, but we're more creative than that. So I decided that the second pizza bet is a little boring. So here's my proposal to you, and it kind of wraps around and, and comes full circle to Scott Frost. Um, if Nebraska does not finish. In the top 25 this season, regular season, like we bet on, and I win that bet, you have to come on the podcast and formally denounce their fraud-ass UCF fucking national title, and you can never bring it up again. However, (laughs) on the flip side of this, if I lose this bet, I will acknowledge UCF's national title and come on the the podcast and say that I was wrong and you were right 
and UCF has a place in history. Here's the let game. me just let me just jump in and put a cherry on top of this, okay? If they do finish in the top 25 and you have to acknowledge it, we have to get video for the Twitter page of you in the UCF National Championship t-shirt. I'm not buying that. that Goose is going to... No, 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 no. We, we'll, I'm sure Goose will cover me. the t-shirt. You can Photoshop it on me if you want. There's no monetary value in this wager. I know. That's not very exciting. We already exciting. bet a pizza on... Yeah, it's way more exciting. It's way more innovative no. than a pizza. No, no. Are you so, really turning so this down? You have my attention on the condition of you will pay for your UCF National Champions t-shirt. You can get one for like 15 bucks on Amazon. I don't want one. <laughs> what if What if you make him spell out UCF Natty Champs in pepperoni on nope. the pizza? Nope, nope. I'm upset. He, that, he, he's that got me with the down. t-shirt. He's got me with the T-shirt, and then coming up with something that I have to spend roughly the same equivalent amount of money on. All right, I'll still I'll continue to think on it, but I know we're more creative than a pizza. Oh well, here there, you go. There is no, one Pi, other alternative. You have, Pi, you have to buy the UCF T-shirt, the UCF the UCF National Championship T-shirt, and then Pi, if you win the bet, then Brett has to go on Amazon and custom order a shirt in red and white with red lettering and a white T-shirt that says Scott Frost is a fraud. <laughs> I kind of like that. I kind of like that. We'll keep spitballing. We'll keep uh, brainstorming this out. There is one other possibility. What's your possibility? Slap bet. No oh, shit! I want no parts of a slap bet. I lost that. That's so because you you've time. you've lost several of them. Yeah, I have. Well, I'm just putting that out there. No, that we not, could discuss no, that the was slap not, bet option. No, the slap bet was not fun for me. Being on the losing end. <laughs> Anyway, let's let's get this let's get this podcast. Let's get back on football. Um, Anything else that you guys are going to be watching? Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see what he can do in a pass first offense, as opposed to in Alabama's run first offense. Um, Yeah, because that could be a disaster. He could end up being a shining star. Yep. Uh, it's either going to be a disaster or he's going to win the Heisman. So. <laughs> I, I am interested in seeing Penn State because they've got a very young team. Mm-hmm. I know they're not playing anybody good. They're playing Idaho, so they should win by, like, a bajillion. But I'm still curious to see who – I want to see the quarterback that beat out Tommy Stevens or, or might have beat out Tommy Stevens because um, it's not every day you see a guy who's presumed to be the starter transfer as a grad transfer to go win the starting job at Mississippi State like he did. Um, So I want to see the guy that was competing with him. Uh, Iowa State intrigues me this year. I know they're playing Northern Iowa, who's not even one, uh, you know, not even 1A or whatever the hell it's called. They're not a bowl subdivision team. But Iowa State's been kind of an interesting team the last few years, lost some games they should win and then beat top five teams Mm -hmm. on a pretty regular basis. Um, I want to see Michigan State just because I'm curious. You know, the offense has been atrocious the last two years, and this past season they didn't make any they didn't make any coaching changes as far as replacing uh, any coaches on the offensive staff. But they did. They reshuffled the deck chairs on the Titanic. And, yeah. Right. Yep. So I want to see what. What kind of result that brings? If that shuffle doesn't work out, do you think that that 
puts D'Antonio in the hot seat, or does he just have to clean sweep the whole fucking program and and, and he gets to keep his job? I think that D'Antonio... D'Antonio's not going anywhere, like, forcibly. Right. I think D'Antonio's retiring at the end of the year. Really? I'll go on the record on the pod and say that's my prediction, is that um, Michigan State's recruiting has been really down the last two to three years. Mm -hmm. And everything I've heard and read from people who study it a lot more than I do think that after Michigan State loses this senior class, there's going to be a pretty significant drop-off in talent starting next season in 2020. So I think that it would not surprise me at all if uh, if the Spartans come to Ann Arbor and, and Michigan lays one on them and Michigan State finishes the year seven and five eight and four something in like in in that area Mm. because the offense is still struggling um and and d'antonio knows what he has coming back for the following years i think he will absolutely make sure he gets out before he starts losing to michigan on a regular basis yeah just on on pride alone yeah i was gonna say on principal pride alone yeah legacy legacy protection yeah Yeah. so so it would not surprise me i'll go on my I'll go on the record and say that's my off the wall prediction is that Mark D'Antonio will retire at the end of the year. All right. So I don't think it's that crazy to be honest. What about you boys? Any games or is that a wrap? Uh, you pretty much touched on them all. Um, I think the one thing that you didn't touch on that I'm interested to see uh, UCLA starts the year out, I believe, at Cincinnati, and I want to see if Cincinnati can uh, beat them again. And I also want to see if it's still just as big of a disaster with Chip Kelly out there, or if things have finally, you know, I think settled in. That up some, I mean, for his sake, I hope. You would think. You would think, but yeah, that's my two cents. Yeah, that I you know I forgot about that one because neither one of them is in the top twenty-five, so it's not showing up on the ESPN scoreboard without me flipping to the Pac-12 conference or the American conference. Um, Cincinnati's actually favored in that game, and I've seen some analysts yeah. out there actually picking Cincinnati to to qualify for a New Year's Six game. So so they could actually be a a pretty decent team this year, mm-hmm. and. and yeah, UCLA was just a just a dumpster fire last year. Um, so that'll be interesting. One more real quick to touch on I forgot about. Uh, Utah-BYU. Oh, yeah, I did see that. So there was somebody saying er, – no, never mind. That's not the only thing. I was thinking yeah, I've seen, State. Yeah. I've, seen some, I've seen some things with uh, uh, Utah kind of being uh, potentially favored to win the pack. Uh, Pack yeah. whatever it is now. We talked about this. Lee Corso put Utah in the national championship. Game. Yeah, that, which is just obscene. Someone needs to go get that old man. Someone go get their grandpa. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't even make sense. Um, but I am interested in that one. BYU is one of those teams that seems like they're eight and four every freaking year, mm-hmm. and they're always just a tough out for people. And and Utah is going to BYU. Um, I guess I don't know for certain. But I assume that's a rivalry game. The battle of the Mormons. Well, yeah, it's okay, yeah, it's the it's the Mormon battle for sure. The, the Mormon so, Bowl. So I think that, mm-hmm. that that may be the upset alert uh, for the week as far as top twenty-five teams potentially looking at a loss this week. Um, so that's probably the last one I'm going to be looking at. And then as we wrap up the pod, I just want to float one thing 
to the moose that I already talked to the pie about. But I think moving forward, we're going to potentially go back to picking two national games and then us each just picking one lock of the week. Whichever. So we'll talk about that more. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the podcast group chat. Take it easy, folks, and uh, enjoy week one. College football is back. Uh, check us out on our Twitter page, Moose Goose Pie FB. Um, seen a couple of followers here, and uh, we'd like to get more interactive on it. So uh, tell a friend, make them listen to the pod, and we'll see you later. Pie, any words? Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> Closing time. Fuck off. College football with moose, goose, and pie. <laughs>